Hi, it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 63 of The Weekly List Podcast, which accompanies week 145 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org, and corresponds to the week ended August 24th, 2019. Welcome. This week, renewed questions surfaced about Trump's mental health. I read some of this stuff and I annotate it for the weekly list, and it's still hard to believe that this is happening. Our sense of reality has been dulled so thoroughly over these 145 weeks that what we'll accept is really, frankly, quite remarkable. This week, Trump referred to himself as the King of Israel, the Chosen One, and he, quote, hereby ordered... U.S. companies to change their dealings with China. He created another unprovoked international crisis with our longtime ally Denmark. Remember that story last week about them selling us Greenland that almost seemed too outrageous to believe? Well, folks, we're not done yet. Trump is continuing to escalate things with our Federal Reserve. As I've been pointing out for over a year now, it is unprecedented for the leader of our country to attack an independent agency. But now, as the recession seems to be at hand or possibly around the corner ahead of the election, Trump has two new targets. We're going to be talking about that this week. Jerome Powell, who's the Federal Reserve Chairman, And also now the media, who is apparently in cahoots with Democrats, who knew? And they all want to bring down the economy because they all care about hurting Trump. We're also going to talk about in this week's picture, the uprise of white supremacy and not just the uprise, the normalization. And this week, a shocking tweet by Trump seeming to have the back of white nationalists in our country. This is alarming, folks, and the number of attempted attacks that are being thwarted by our law enforcement is also quite remarkable. It's as if we are sitting on a ticking time bomb just waiting to happen again, just another mass shooting. The Republicans are silent, and the Democrats are out of town. So as angry as I am about the Republicans doing nothing this whole time for Trump, and the best they can do is decide not to run, and then go write a book about it, like Paul Ryan, very, you know, very much a profile in courage, leaving office and then complaining on the outside after you left and do nothing about it. I want to remind us all that the Democrats have left D.C. for six weeks. So, so much of what we're going to talk about this week is magnified because there is one man who has the narrative this summer. Our House Democrats are doing almost nothing. There are some court cases running their way through the courts. But as a result, we're hearing one voice, and it is a frightening voice, and it is a mentally unstable and mentally unfit voice. So we're going to get into this week's list. On Saturday, far-right hate group, the Proud Boys, held a so-called, quote, end domestic terrorism rally in Portland, Oregon, with the purpose of getting Antifa declared as a domestic terrorist organization. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that some of the Republicans are trying to do that nonsensical thing. Trump tweeted support, saying, quote, major consideration is being given to naming Antifa an organization of terror, adding 
Portland is being watched very closely. Hopefully the mayor will be able to properly do his job. This is where I remind you the Southern Poverty Law Center, the Anti-Defamation League, and others consider the Proud Boys to be a hate group. And Trump is tweeting his support of them. At least 13 people were arrested in Portland. Joe Biggs, the organizer of the gathering, claimed victory, citing Trump's tweet and saying, quote, he talked about Portland and he's watching Antifa. That's all we wanted. The Proud Boys released a statement saying they would return monthly. Mayor Ted Wheeler, a Democrat, said such white ring groups are, Im- are impacting our entire nation, adding we do not want them here in the city, period. And there were a lot of folks comparing the Proud Boys and some of these other groups to the brown shirts. On Sunday, James Reardon Jr., who's 20, a white nationalist living in Ohio, was arrested after making threats to shoot up a local Jewish community center. Reardon was part of the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville. While raiding his home, who is of Reardon, who is an avowed anti-Semite, the FBI also found dozens of rounds of ammo, multiple semi-automatic weapons, a gas mask, and a bulletproof armor. So this dude meant it. On Sunday, a Wall Street Journal NBC poll found that 36% of the way approve of the way Trump handled the two mass shootings last week, while 52% disapprove. 54% think Trump bears some responsibility due to his language and tweets. That's almost half the country, folks. More than half the country believe Trump bears some responsibility for mass shootings in this country. And this is a shocking number. Almost 7 in 10 Americans, 68%, are very or fairly worried about another mass shooting or attack by white nationalists. On Monday, CNN reported that two other mass shootings planned by white men were foiled over the weekend, All three, including Reardon, were brought to the attention of authorities through tips from the public. The other two were Brandon Wagshall, 22, of Connecticut, who expressed interest in committing a mass murder on Facebook, and Tristan Scott Wicks, 25, in Florida, who texted his ex-girlfriend about the same. On Thursday, CNN reported that in all, 28 people have been arrested over threats to commit mass shootings in the weeks since El Paso and Dayton mass shootings. Last Thursday, later Thursday, after that 28, police arrested Jacob Cooper, a 20-year-old man in Tennessee, for threatening a mass shooting at a Planned Parenthood in Washington, D.C., in social media posts. Cooper was the third man to be charged for threatening violence against Planned Parenthood in the past month. All three used iFunny, an online social platform for white supremacists. So, folks... That's how we started off this week and what we are experiencing. The country is on edge. There are shootings every day, every week. These mass shootings are being thwarted, but it's only a matter of time until this happens again because Trump is not toning down his rhetoric and nobody is stopping him. On Saturday, Trump tweeted or retweeted close to a dozen references to the size of his crowd at the rally in New Hampshire last week criticizing, quote, fake news media for hating to see his big crowd. On Saturday, Trump retweeted an edited Time magazine cover we talked about in the past, showing him as president forever and pinned it to the top of his Twitter account. The tweet was originally sent and pinned June 26. So here you have Trump talking about the size of his crowd. 
backing hate groups publicly, pinning a tweet saying he plans to be president forever. But we're not done. On Sunday, speaking to reporters, Trump again complained about coverage of empty seats at his New Hampshire rally, saying you saw that room was packed and, quote, they had thousands of people outside. On Monday, Trump again tweeted about, so this is again a rally last week. Now we're on Sunday, Monday. Trump again tweeted about crowd size in New Hampshire, saying, quote, massive overflow crowds and adding couldn't get into the packed arena. Fake and corrupt media would like you to believe otherwise. Trump also defended the strength of the U.S. economy, despite economic indicators, saying, quote, I don't see a recession. I mean, the world is in a recession right now, although that's a big statement. On Sunday, White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow, and this is again the propaganda campaign, appeared on Sunday shows to defend the economy, telling Meet the Press, quote, let's not be afraid of optimism. I think there's a very optimistic economy. On Sunday, Director of White House Office of Trade and Manufacturing Policy, Peter Navarro, told this week that, quote, we have the strongest economy in the world. Money is coming here for our stock market. On Sunday, Trump tweeted, quote, the New York Times will be out of business soon after I leave office, adding they have, quote, zero credibility and falsely claimed that the New York Times was, quote, losing a fortune. Trump also tweeted, quote, journalism, in quotes, has reached a new low, adding, quote, it is nothing more than an evil propaganda machine for the Democratic Party, and is, quote, reporting is so false, biased, and evil. Overseas on Sunday, hundreds of thousands peacefully marched in Hong Kong under umbrellas in the pouring rain, marching for the 11th week in a row despite ominous threats of brute force from the Chinese government. March organizers claimed 1.7 million people marched, more than 20% of Hong Kong's population. Hong Kong police claimed the number was 128,000 and said they were capable of handling the protests. On Monday, both Facebook and Twitter said they had taken action against China for using fake accounts as part of a, quote, significant state-backed information operation to sow discord during the Hong Kong protests. Twitter suspended nearly a 1,000 Chinese accounts and banned advertising by state-owned media companies. Facebook removed five accounts, seven pages, and three groups citing, quote, deceptive practices. On Monday, Popular Info reported Facebook has taken down multiple ads by Trump's campaign targeting women, saying they violate the company's rules, which prohibit ads targeting personal attributes. One ad that was pulled down said the, quote, Trump coalition needs the support of strong women like you. Recent polls show that more than 60% of women disapprove of Trump. Now we're going to talk about immigration. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported on Trump senior advisor Stephen Miller and his influence on the regime's immigration policy. Miller has earned a lead role in shaping policy over loyalty and agreement with Trump on goals. Miller not only writes Trump speeches, which Trump accepts with little or no proofing, but also is obsessed with terminology and dictates how others in the West Wing talk about issues. Miller has survived longer in the White House than nearly any official other than family members. In recent months, he has faded from public appearances while his influence has grown within the regime. Miller's allies in the immigration restrictionist movement say he has done more to curb foreigners than anyone. 
He views his role as saving American society and successfully steers Trump where he wants him to go. Bloomberg reported Miller was also a driving force behind an effort starting back as early as 2017 to press cabinet and White House officials to devise a way to block migrant children from going to school. The push was part of an effort to stem the flow of immigration. Miller's efforts could would be grafted by would be crafted to bypass Congress. Miller abandoned the idea after being repeatedly told it ran afoul of a 1982 Supreme Court ruling. On Monday, a spokesperson, a spokesperson from ICE denied separating Maria Domingo Garcia from her breastfeeding baby during the raids in Mississippi. She is still being detained. We talked about her last week that ICE had ripped a four-month-old baby who was breastfeeding from her while during these raids, and her husband is left with the baby and two other young children, and he himself is at risk of being deported. So the mom, not only did she have her baby ripped away, she is still being detained. Ice claimed that she did not say she was breastfeeding during her medical screening. Her lawyer told CNN she had not been asked about breastfeeding, and she responded yes to having a four-month-old. On Tuesday, CNBC, I, I just have to go back to that, like the cruelty and atrocities. We're not even talking about what's happening at the camps. We're diverted by these shiny coins that we're talking about this week. There's no accountability. We need accountability of what this regime is doing. On Tuesday, CNBC reported Customs and Border Protection will not vaccinate migrant children in border detention camps against the flu, despite calls from doctors to boost efforts to fight the infection. At least three migrant children have died in recent months, in part from the, in part from the flu, while in U.S. custody. This is where I remind you, before the Trump regime, the U.S. had gone a decade without any migrant children dying in government care. But we're not willing to give them the flu shot. On Wednesday, the Washington Post reported the Trump regime is trying to reach a, quote, safe third country accord with Panama's government, which would impact migrants who pass through the country en route to the U.S. The accord would allow the U.S. to reject asylum seekers from Africa, Asia, and elsewhere who landed in South America before heading north to Panama and then send them back to Panamanian territory. On Wednesday, Acting Department of Homeland Security Chief Kevin McAllenan announced a new rule to lift the limit on detaining immigrant families and holding them throughout their immigration proceedings. The rule could affect thousands of migrant families and is likely to violate the Flores Agreement, which limits the time children can be detained to 20 days. The Flores Agreement says facilities holding children for longer than 20 days must be licensed by states, but none are. ICE plans to work around this by claiming their facilities are licensed by ICE and hence compliant. On Thursday, Axios reported Andrew Meehan, a top aide of spokesperson and spokesperson for McAllenan, resigned over frustration which, with DHS's handling of major policy rollouts and distrust of McAllenan and his inner circle. On Friday, Acting Director of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services Ken Cuccinelli defended the new rule, telling CNN indefinite detention will be a, quote, deterrent for migrants wanting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border. Cuccinelli said targeting the Flores Agreement, which he called, quote, one of the main motivators for this crisis, is a, quote, critical part of the solution, saying migrants are released, quote, 
for us to never see them again. On Thursday, Trump told reporters he is, quote, very seriously looking at ending birthright citizenship, saying you, quote, have a baby, congratulations, the baby is now a U.S. citizen. It's frankly ridiculous. On Thursday, the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, filed a lawsuit saying Ramon Torres, a Honduras-born U.S. citizen, was held illegally in a Louisiana jail for four days because of his Latino name and skin color. On Thursday, BuzzFeed reported an email sent by the Justice Department, (laughs) the Justice Department, say that again, to all immigration court employees this week, included a link to a blog post from VDARE, a white nationalist website. Imagine how someone in the Justice Department might have got that and thought it was a good idea to share it with all the immigration court employees. A spokesperson for the union said the link had content that, quote, directly attacks sitting immigration judges, including, quote, racially and ethnically tinged slurs and references that are, quote, deeply offensive and anti-Semitic. The DOJ's Executive Office for Immigration Review briefings also include links to right-wing websites like the Daily Caller and Breitbart News, even though the content of email is meant to be neutral. So that concludes some of the shocking bullets on immigration this week. Nothing is being done, and week after week, they are chipping away at rights of immigrants to come to this country. This is a backbone of our country. Things are changing. We're not even seeing coverage anymore of the atrocities being committed at these detention centers. Everyone needs to be awake and aware and not get dulled down to stop caring about the atrocities being committed by this regime. On Thursday, James Dyer, a British journalist, said he was stopped by a Customs and Border Protection agent at Los Angeles International Airport and questioned by an agent over, quote, being part of the fake news media. Dyer tweeted, after presenting his journalist visa, the agent, quote, wanted to know if I'd ever worked at CNN or MSNBC or other outlets that are, quote, spreading lies to the American people. And where did they hear that from? Gee, who says that every day on his Twitter account? The agent told Dyer, quote, journalists are liars and are attacking their democracy. Dyer said the experience was unsettling, adding the agent, quote, let me go after I said I was just there to write about Star Wars. On Monday, parents of a 13-year-old black teen in Texas filed a lawsuit saying teachers forced him to color his hair with a black Sharpie when he got a fade haircut with a design line. He was ridiculed by other students. On Monday, the Trump regime issued its abortion gag rule. Planned Parenthood said it will leave the federal Title X program that helps low-income people access contraception rather than stop abortion referrals. The regime rule affects a 50-year-old program, which provides $286 million to healthcare providers each year for family planning services such as birth control. Planned Parenthood served 1.5 million low-income people under the Title Nine program. So this is just the abject cruelty. You know, this is these are policies. Why why would we do this? I mean, it's it's going to impact poor people. It's going to impact women of color. This is just the cruelty of this regime in every direction. On Tuesday, Trump backed away from gun control. 
after lunch with the head of the National Rifle Association. Honest to God, this is the second time he did it. He did that after Parkland, too. He openly has lunch or a meeting with the head of the NRA and then calls off any sort of gun control and parrots their talking points. Trump cited a, quote, great appetite for tightening background checks in the aftermath of Dayton and El Paso, but again switched after having lunch with Wayne LaPriere. On Tuesday, also, two prominent board members stepped down from the NRA, making a total of seven board departures since May. On Friday, the Trump regime's DOJ filed an amicus brief in two cases involving gay workers and the Civil Rights Act of 1964, supporting a position that would allow workers to be fired for being LGBTQ individuals. So again, I have to say this. Our Department of Justice filed briefs siding with these, the theory that it was okay for companies to fire people because they are gay or transgender individuals. That happened this week. This is our Department of Justice. This is where we are, folks. The regime's argued courts should stop reading civil right law to protect gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender workers from discrimination saying it was not originally intended to do so. So again, we talked about the gag rule. We talked about what's happening with immigration. The Trump regime, this is their most aggressive act yet against the LGBTQ community. They are saying it should be legal to discriminate against gay, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender workers. It should be legal to do so. On Saturday, a local station reported Collie Geralds, a high school senior in Springville, Alabama, had her portrait marked as, quote, not pictured in the yearbook after she got a photo taken with a tux instead of a drape. So that ends that section. Now we're going to talk about some uprising within former allies of Trump's. On Monday, Anthony Scaramucci told CNN he is assembling a team of former Trump cabinet members to speak out against Trump and find a Republican to primary him for the 2020 election. Shortly after, Trump attacked Scaramucci on Twitter, calling him a, quote, highly unstable nut job. I barely knew him for 11 days of gross incompetence, made a fool of himself, and he is bad on TV. Trump also claimed, that's, that's about the worst insult you can get from Trump, that you're bad on TV. Trump also claims Scaramucci, quote, abuse staff, got fired, and, quote, and, quote, quote, wrote a very nice book about me, adding, said his wife was driving him crazy. Something big was happening with her getting divorced. On Monday, Trump ally Representative Matt Goetz made a call for civility and said he must do better on social media in a radio interview. Goetz told listeners in his district he is not meeting with them on advice from Capitol Police. So this is Matt Getz. Remember him when Michael Cohen was about to go on uh, speak in front of the House committee? He tweeted that basically he was threatening Michael Cohen and his family. That's a guy now calling for civility because he's not even able to meet with his own constituents because he's so outrageous that the Capitol Police are advising him he's not safe. On Thursday, Joe Walsh, a conservative radio show host and former Tea Party congressman from Illinois, who in an op-ed in week 144 called Trump a racial arsonist, said he is considering challenging Trump for 2020. On Thursday, former South Carolina Republican Governor Mark Stanford said he would head to early voting state Iowa next week as he weighs a decision to also potentially run for 2020. Okay, 
So we're talking about 2020 and somebody else on Sunday, Trump repeated his claim without evidence of voter fraud in 2016. Telling reporters, quote, many, many people voted that shouldn't have been voted, adding some voted many times. Trump has been saying this since the 2016 election to explain why Hillary Clinton got three million more votes than he did. He's still saying it. And this is where I step off and warn everyone. If you think we're going to have a fairer election in 2020, if this man is not held accountable, you are dead wrong. He's already saying publicly almost every week that there's voter fraud, the election's not fair. If we get to that point and he loses, he's going to claim it was an unfair election. And he'll have to lose after a lot of help with Russia because there's no one left to stop them. Don't forget Dan Coats left. That was the last semblance of possibility of a non-Trump insider actually caring about Russian interference. So Trump said that on Sunday, and then on Monday, Trump falsely claimed in a tweet, quote, wow, report just out, Google manipulated from 2.6 million to 16 million votes for Hillary Clinton in 2016, citing conservative Judicial Watch. Trump also tweeted, that, again, this is these are false claims. He's tweeting this for his base. Trump also tweeted, quote, Google should be sued. My victory was even bigger than thought. Trump was incorrectly citing a study by Robert Epstein, who claimed without evidence Google bias shifted votes to Clinton. On Monday, a Google spokesperson said, quote, this researcher's inaccurate claim has been debunked since it was made in 2016. In 2017, Google told the Washington Post, it is, quote, quote, nothing more than poorly constructed conspiracy theory. On Monday, the Federal Election Committee Chair Ellen Weintraub took the unusual step of rebuking Trump, calling his repeated claims of voter fraud, quote, damaging to our democracy and saying, quote, there is no evidence of rampant voter fraud in 2016. On Monday, Hugh Hurwitz, the acting director of the Bureau of Prisons, was quietly removed from the position by Attorney General William Barr following the death of Jeffrey Epstein, who committed suicide in his prison cell last week, we are told. Suddenly it's gone very quiet on that. On Monday, the Washington Post reported White House officials are discussing instituting a temporary payroll tax cut as a way to keep the economy from going into a recession. So now we're going to talk about the economy a bit, which is a theme that sort of ebbs and flows into this week's list. The White House later released a statement disputing that a payroll tax cut is under consideration. Quietly, the regime is scrambling for ideas to reverse public concerns about a recession and boost business confidence. On Monday, Trump attacked the Federal Reserve and its chair, Jerome Powell, in a pair of tweets. This is Monday, saying, quote, Our economy is very strong despite the horrendous lack of vision by Jay Powell and the Fed. Trump also claimed, quote, The Democrats are trying to, quote, will the economy to be bad for the purpose of the 2020 election and pressured the Fed to cut rates, saying, quote, the Fed rate should be reduced by at least 100 points. On Tuesday, Trump told reporters the economy is, quote, doing fantastically, adding the word recession is an inappropriate inappropriate term used by, quote, certain people in the media because they'd love to see a recession. 
Trump also said, quote, payroll taxes is something I have been thinking about. Many people would like to see that, despite the White House asserting that a payroll tax was not being considered on Monday. That was Tuesday. Trump said, I have been thinking about that. Trump also said he would respond, quote, very favorably to a motion that would bring Russia into the G7, saying, quote, it should be the G8 because a lot of things we talk about have to do with Russia. Yeah, like them annexing Ukraine, uh, the Crimea, uh, you know, and, and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Trump made similar remarks last year before the Group of Seven meeting. French President Emmanuel Macron, who actually is doing his job, told Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday that Russia could rejoin if they ended the conflict in Ukraine. But then again, Macron wasn't helped and isn't a Putin puppet, so he's acting the way we would expect the leader of our country to act. Trump also said, responding to a question on negotiations with the Taliban, quote, nobody can be trusted, added, quote, in my world, in this world, I think nobody can be trusted. Trump also said on global threats, nothing keeps me up at night, adding, quote, I'll tell you, we could wipe out anything we want. Okay, so that was Tuesday. Then Wednesday, Trump again attacked Powell, Chairman Powell of the Fed, in a series of tweets saying, quote, doing great with China and other trade deals. The only problem is we have Jay Powell and the Fed. He's like a golfer who can't putt, has no touch. Trump also pressured Powell for a big rate cut, tweeting, quote, big U.S. growth if he does the right thing. In the capital letters, big cut, but don't count on him. So far, he has called it wrong and only let us down. Trump also tweeted, quote, so Germany is paying zero interest, while the U.S. is far stronger and more important credit is paying interest, adding, quote, where is the Federal Reserve in all capital letters? Trump also attacked the media, saying, quote, the fake news lamestream media is doing everything possible to create a U.S. recession, adding, quote, they would be willing to hurt many people, but that doesn't matter to them. So again, folks, two themes, Trump blaming the media, the Fed, Chairman Paul, the media being in cahoots and wanting a recession. This is like crazy land, folks. On Wednesday, a new CNN poll showed Trump's approval dropped to 40% after holding at 43% since April. The poll also showed the first significant drop in perception on the economy since he took office. On Wednesday, the Congressional Budget Office said the annual U.S. deficit will come close to hitting $1 trillion in 2019, an unusually high number during a period of economic growth driven by the GOP tax cut. The deficit is set to expand to $800 billion more than previously expected over the last decade, over the next decade, Economists noted the size of the deficit limits the tools available to policymakers to boost the economy in a recession. So this is your GOP tax cut coming home to roost. A trillion dollar deficit in one year, folks. On Tuesday, Trump again offered, without invitation, to mediate Kashmir, saying, quote, it is a very complicated place. You have Hindus, you have Muslims. And I would say they don't get along so great. Sometimes, you, uh, you know, these are kind of like crazy land stuff. It just gets lost in the rest of crazy land stuff. But he, he, he said this. 
On Tuesday, Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conte stepped down, possibly setting the stage for the Deputy Prime Minister Matteo Salvini, who has questionable ties and the backing from Russia to take power. On Tuesday, Trump attacked Representative Rashida Tlaib for crying at a news conference, tweeting, quote, Sorry, I don't buy Tlaib's tears, saying, quote, Now tears, she hates Israel and all Jewish people. She is an anti-Semite. Later Tuesday, speaking to reporters in the Oval Office, Trump again attacked Representative Tlaib for crying, saying, I don't buy it for one second, adding at his rallies she was, quote, violent and vicious and got out of control. Trump also asked, where has the Democratic Party gone? Defending Representative Tlaib and Omar, adding any Jewish people that vote for Democrats are, quote, either a to- are showing, quote, either a lack of knowledge or great disloyalty. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle and Jewish organizations pointed out that Trump's use of disloyalty echoed anti-Semitic tropes accusing Jews, Jews of dual allegiances. That's something that Hitler used and Mussolini used against the Jews. On Monday, Representative Ben Ray Lujan, a close ally of Speaker Pelosi and the highest ranking Latino in the House, and the number four House Democrat announced his support for an impeachment inquiry, bringing the total to 127. On Thursday, the Washington Post's impeachment tracker counted 132 House members for impeachment, including 17 of the 24 members of the House Judiciary Committee. On Thursday, buoyed by fresh support from House Democrats, Representative Al Green said he would try for the fourth time to push for impeachment when Congress returns in September. On Tuesday, a a motion filed by the House Ways and Means Committee asked a judge to summarily order the Treasury Department to turn over Trump's tax returns to the committee, citing a tip from a whistleblower. Chair Richard Neal said he got a tip from a federal employee on July 29th, quote, setting forth credible allegations of evidence of possible misconduct citing, quote, inappropriate efforts to influence the mandatory audit program. On Thursday, however, the Washington Post reported House Democrats are unlikely to get Trump's tax returns for the 2020 election, and the legal process moves slowly, and Chair Neal refuses, we've talked about this, to get Trump's state tax returns, even though that had passed, that bill passed in New York State. Very disappointing. On Wednesday, the New York Times reported that Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, is making a renewed push for Ukrainian officials to investigate Trump's opponents after canceling his trip three months back. You know, I I just have to point out, this is stuff happening. They're getting away with it. They push the envelope. Rudy's going to go to Ukraine and push a foreign government to interfere in our election by investigating Joe Biden, who is running against Trump in 2020, and investigate the Clintons. He decides not to do it, and then there's no pushback, so now he's doing it again. This is a pattern in everything happening. Giuliani told the Times he was working on his own as a private citizen with assistance from the State Department. He would not say if Trump was aware of his efforts. On Wednesday... Assistant Attorney General Jeffrey Bozert-Clark announced in an internal letter that the DOJ will no longer use an enforcement tool 
to get states and localities into compliance with environmental laws. The DOJ letter obtained by E&E News claimed the tool regularly used in the Obama administration, quote, went beyond what is required under federal, state, or local law. Republicans have complained enforcement takes away from revenue in certain energy industries. On Sunday, Trump confirmed his interest in potentially purchasing Greenland. Now we're going to talk about his visit to Denmark. Uh, You know, and I fear that we are losing our ability to be shocked by things because this stuff keeps happening. And this week, it's just clear that Trump's mental fitness has gotten so much worse. We're we're now going to hit into the heart of some of these stories. So fasten your your seatbelts, folks. Uh, On Sunday, Trump confirmed his interest in potentially purchasing Greenland, saying, quote, strategically for the United States, it would be nice. And adding of Denmark, it's number one, uh, no, it's no number one on the burner. Larry Kudlow told Fox News Sunday that, quote, Greenland is a strategic place up there, and they've got a lot of valuable minerals. And noted President Truman offered to buy Greenland from Denmark in 1946. On Tuesday, the White House canceled Trump's September visit to Denmark, citing Prime Minister Mette Frederiksen's comments that she would not entertain his proposal to purchase Greenland. I, I'm saying that, I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm shaking my head like this is actually happening. He canceled his trip to Denmark because their Prime Minister would not entertain his proposal to buy Greenland. Yes, I just said that. Trump tweeted, quote, Denmark is a very special country with incredible people, adding because a prime minister, quote, has no interest in discussing the purchase of Greenland, I will be postponing our meeting scheduled. Trump also tweeted PM Fredrickson, quote, was able to save a great deal of expense and effort for both the United States and Denmark by being so direct. He also canceled his scheduled dinner with the Queen of Denmark. On Wednesday, PM Fredrickson told reporters it is, quote, regret and surprise that she received the news of Trump canceling, adding, quote, I had been looking forward to the visit. Our preparations were well underway. On Wednesday, Trump tweeted a quote. So we're just going to, so this is all, um, you have to have this all in sort of the order came in. So this happened Tuesday night. Then we wake up on Wednesday. First, it was Prime Minister Fredrickson saying she was surprised by the cancellation. We had been planning for the visit. Then shortly after on Wednesday, Trump tweeted a quote from a non-Jewish conservative radio host calling Trump, quote, the best president for Israel in the history of the world and claiming Jews in Israel love him like he's the, quote, king of Israel. On Wednesday, Trump tweeted, uh, Trump also tweeted by Alan Root, who is the non-Jewish conservative radio host, quote, they love him like he is the second coming of God, which again is not something Jews believe in, but don't let us stop you there. Uh, Adding, quote, but American Jews don't even know what they're doing or saying anymore. King of Israel trended on Twitter. Later Wednesday, Trump lashed out at the Danish prime minister, telling reporters at the White House that she made a, quote, nasty comment about his desire to purchase Greenland, having called it absurd over the weekend. 
Okay. So here we are Wednesday morning. Trump has just canceled his meeting to Greenland to Denmark because they won't let him talk about buying Greenland. And he's upset. He's canceling this trip. He wakes up. He refers to himself as the king of Israel. And now he calls a prime minister who he canceled on nasty. Trump also said, quote, I thought it was a not nice statement the way she blew me off, adding she shouldn't treat the United States that way. She said absurd. That's not the right word to use. Trump has, by the way, also used nasty to describe several high-profile women, including his 2020 challengers, Senators Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, his 2016 challenger Hillary Clinton, and Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Trump has also used nasty to describe Democratic Senator Maisie Hirono, Duchess of Duchess of Sussex, Meghan Markle, and San Juan Mayor Carmen Yulin Cruz. Trump really uses the term nasty to describe men because he's a misogynistic pig. Anyways, continuing. Trump also told reporters he was defending his trade war with China and its impact on the economy, saying, quote, somebody had to do it. He then looked skyward and said, I am the chosen one. Okay, folks, so we're within a 24-hour period. Trump has canceled his trip to Denmark because they won't let him purchase Greenland. He's called himself the King of Israel. He's called the Prime Minister of Denmark nasty. And now he looks to the sky and says, I am the chosen one. Trump also denied he is considering a cut in the payroll tax, saying there is no need to do so because the economy is fine. On Tuesday, Trump had confirmed a payroll tax was under consideration. Trump also doubled down on his criticism of American Jews who support Democrats, saying if you vote for a Democrat, you're very, very disloyal to Israel and to the Jewish people. Again, that's an anti-Semitic trope, so he's repeating it the next day. Trump also continued to brag about the job he is doing in office, saying, quote, I was put here by people to do a great job, and that's what I'm doing. Adding, quote, and nobody's done a job like I've done, which is a true statement. Later Wednesday, Trump again attacked Denmark, this time on defense spending, tweeting, quote, Denmark is only 1.35% of GDP for NATO spending, adding they are a wealthy country, they should be at 2%. On Wednesday, Iceland's prime minister said she would not meet with Vice President Michael Pence during his scheduled visit in September due to a, quote, prior commitment. Historian Thor Whitehead called the snub, quote, unprecedented for an Icelandic prime minister. Uh, Jacobs, I'm going to butcher her last name, Jacobster, a member of her country's Green Party, supports abortion and LGBT rights and climate change activism. So you can imagine it would be fun for her to meet with Mike Pence. Later Wednesday, during a speech at the 75th Annual Convention of American Veterans in Kentucky, Trump used that he wanted to give himself a Medal of Honor, saying, quote, I wanted one, but they told me I don't qualify. Trump said he asked his aides, quote, can I give it to myself anyway? And they responded, quote, I don't think that's a good idea. Trump never served in the military and was granted five draft deferments. On Thursday, Daily Beast reported that no formal invitation had been extended to by Denmark to Trump, but rather he had invited himself. Over the subsequent days, much planning was put in before Trump canceled. 
On Thursday, answering Danish press on the use of the word absurd, Fredrickson said, quote, I'm not going to get into a war of words with anyone, including the American president, adding Greenland is not for sale. The New York Times reported Trump has also joked with an aide last year about trading Puerto Rico for Greenland after he sparred with Puerto Rican politicians, including Carmen Yulin, who he also called nasty, uh, who he called corrupt. On Thursday, a new APNRC poll found Trump's approval dropped to 36%, while 62% disapprove. Trump got poor grades for his handling of immigration, health care, foreign policy, and guns. Trump's approval has remained in a band of between 32% and 42% of the polls since he took office. No other president has stayed within so narrow a ban. APNORC noted the consistency suggests Trump's, quote, weakening standing is calcified. On Thursday, the New York Times reported an exodus of advertisers from Fox News host Tucker Carlson's shows continued with several companies leaving in the past two weeks over his rhetoric and calling white supremacy a, quote, hoax. Remember that? Before he left on vacation mysteriously? And his words being all over the manifesto of the El Paso killer? Carlson has lost dozens of advertisers in the past year over comments about women, immigrants, and race. His show Monday, the first after returning from vacation, had 13.5 minutes of commercials, versus 16 minutes of ads a year ago. On Thursday, former White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders joined Fox News as a contributor, the latest example of the revolving door between the White House and the conservative cable network, also known as a propaganda station. On Thursday, former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer announced he would be joining the 2019 cast of Dancing with the Stars, in what appeared to be an effort to rehabilitate his reputation. On Thursday, here's some more crazy land news. Patrick Barn, CEO of Overstock, said he resigned after he was, quote, far too controversial for revealing his three-year romantic involvement with Russian agent Maria Butina, who is serving 18 months in jail as a Russian spy. Byrne also said he had been aiding the FBI, who he called, quote, the men in black, in their, quote, deep state investigation into the 2016 election, including their, quote, Clinton investigation and, quote, Russia investigation. On Friday, facing a lawsuit by D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine over protecting user data, Facebook tried to publicly clarify in a post when it first knew about Cambridge Analytica's use of tools. The company claimed it learned of data scraping in September 2015, but that Kogan sold to Cambridge Analytica, they only found out in December 2015. Cambridge Analytica was not suspended, however, from Facebook until March 2018. On Monday, Trump tweeted a poll by Zogby, putting his approval rating at 51%, roughly 10 points higher than the other polling has shown, adding, quote, this despite the fake news and polls. Zogby is not a reliable pollster. Earlier in the week, when asked about a Fox poll that showed him behind 2020 Democratic candidates, Trump told reporters, quote, there's something going on at Fox. I'll tell you right now, I'm not happy with it. 
This week, six polls showed Trump's approval declining, including AP, NRC, Fox News, Gallup, Monmouth, NBC News, Wall Street Journal, and CNN. On Friday, Trump tweeted, quote, economy is strong and good, adding, quote, despite the fake news media, together with their partner, the Democratic Party, trying to convince people we are going into a recession. Trump added they are willing to, quote, lose their wealth or a big part of it just for the possibility of winning the election, adding, quote, but it won't work because I always find a way to win. Later Friday, just before Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell's speech, China announced it would hike tariffs on U.S. products in response to Trump's tariffs. Trump tweeted, quote, now the Fed can show their stuff. Delivering annual remarks to central bankers in Jackson Hole, Chair Powell pledged to try to keep the economic expansion going while acknowledging tariffs and other factors are causing growth to slow. He also spoke of challenges the Fed now faces, saying, quote, there is no recent precedence to guide any policy response to the current situation, adding, quote, we are asking whether we should expand our monetary policy toolkit. Paul added monetary policy, quote, cannot provide a settled rulebook for international trade and gave no clear guidance on whether there would be future interest rate cuts. Well, that set Trump off. Shortly after, Trump attacked Paul, tweeting, quote, as usual, the Fed did nothing in capital letters, adding, quote, it is incredible that they can speak without knowing or asking what I am doing. This is where I remind you that the Fed is supposed to be independent and Trump is not supposed to be criticizing the Fed. Trump also tweeted, we have a strong dollar and a very weak Fed. And then in another tweet said, quote, my only question is who is our bigger enemy, Jay Powell or Chairman Z? Just folks, I mean, <laughs> I'm going through this string of remarkable things this week, but there's another one. Trump also tweeted, quote, we don't need China. Trump then tweeted, he hereby ordered U.S. companies to immediately look at alternatives to China for supply chains or move their operations to the U.S. Moments after Trump's tweet of hereby ordered, which overshadowed Powell's Jackson Hole speech, the Dow Jones Industrial Average plunged more than 420 points. This as a market plunge, Trump appeared to joke about it, tweeting, quote, Dow is down 573 points, perhaps on the news that Representative Seth Moulton, whoever that may be, has dropped out of the 2020 presidential race. The Dow closed down 632 points on the day due to Trump's, quote, order for manufacturers to find alternatives to their operations in China. Apple led the way down 4.6%. Trump told reporters on Wednesday that Apple CEO Tim Cook is a, quote, great executive because he calls me whenever he has a problem, adding others go out and hire very expensive consultants. Friday's down day in the stock market followed a number of sharp moves lower. The Nasdaq has fallen more than 1% six times this month, while the Dow has fallen more than five times. It's just remarkable. Later Friday, Trump said he would raise tariffs on 20, $250 billion of Chinese goods from 25% to 30% and raise an additional $300 billion of goods at 15% as of October 1st in a fit of rage against both China and Powell. 
Trump announced and moved on Twitter, saying, quote, China should not have put tariffs on 75 billion of United States products politically motivated, adding, quote, thank you for your attention to this matter. The New York Times reported Trump's series of tweets on Friday caught his advisors and staff by surprise. Some privately expressed concern that the new escalation could derail negotiations with China. With members of Congress on recess, there was little pushback from Republicans to Trump's flurry of pronouncements. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell had yet to comment or issue a statement. On Friday, Hong Kong protesters formed a 28-mile human chain across 39 train stations inspired by the 30th anniversary of the Baltic Wave. The human chain was a show of solidarity and a plea for international support. Protesters have expanded their demands from scrapping the extradition bill to now include greater democratic freedoms, the resignation of Lam, and an investigation into claims of excessive use of force by police. On Friday, Taylor Swift told The Guardian Trump is, quote, gaslighting the American people into being like, if you hate the president, you hate America. Adding, quote, I really think that he thinks this is an autocracy. On Friday, ahead of the G20 summit in France, French President Emmanuel Macron called on world leaders to place the massive fires destroying Brazil's Amazon rainforest at the top of their agenda. Macron tweeted, quote, our house is burning literally. Noting the Amazon rainforest, quote, produces 20% of our planet's oxygen. Germany and Norway also weighed in, threatening to withhold funding for Brazil's forests. Brazil's right-wing president, Bolsonaro, accused Macron of trying to, quote, make political gains with his sensationalist tone in a tweet calling it for a, quote, internal matter, calling it an internal matter for Brazil and other Amazonian countries. And what did Trump do? Later Friday, Trump tweeted that he had just spoke to Bolsonaro and our, quote, future trade prospects are very exciting and our relationship is strong, adding, if the U.S. can be helped with fires, we are here ready to assist. On Friday, CNN reported that Trump left for the G7 summit. Aides say he has questioned why he must attend over the past week, saying he does not view summits with world leaders as a productive use of his time. On Friday, before leaving for the summit, Trump told reporters, quote, I'm not happy with Jay Powell, adding, quote, I don't think he's doing a good job at all. Quote, I don't think he's much of a chess player, but I've got him so that's what I have. When asked if he wanted Powell to resign, Trump responded, quote, do I want him to resign? Let me put it this way. If he did, I won't stop him. When asked about claiming he was the chosen one, Trump attacked the reporter, saying, quote, you know exactly what I meant. It was sarcasm. It was joking, adding, quote, it's just fake news. You're just a faker. So again, he does this every time he gets caught when he talks about having more than two terms. It's a joke. He's joking. Da, da, da. He's not joking, folks. Trump also called Danish Prime Minister Frederiksen a, quote, wonderful woman, saying we had a great conversation. We have a very good relationship with Denmark, adding, quote, she was very nice. She put in a call, and I appreciated it very much. He had to throw that in. When asked about North Korea's projectile launches, Trump said Kim Jong-un, quote, likes testing missiles adding the agreement does not cover short-range missiles, and Kim has been, quote, pretty straight with me, I think. 
On Saturday, Trump claimed he does have the power to, quote, hereby order companies to leave China, tweeting, quote, for all the fake news reporters that don't have a clue about what the law is relative to presidential powers. Trump also tweeted as he arrived at the G7, quote, try looking at the Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977, adding, quote, case close. Trump appeared to be referencing the International Emergency Economic Powers Act of 1977, a law which enables a president to isolate criminal regimes. The act is not meant to deal with issues with trading partners. Trump also tweeted, quote, When I looked up in the sky and jokingly said I am the chosen one at the press conference two days ago, little did I realize the media would claim I had a messiah complex. Trump also tweeted the media, quote, knew I was kidding, being sarcastic, adding, quote, they knew the truth. And yet when I saw the reporting, CNN, MSNBC, and other fake news outlets covered it as serious news. On Saturday, Bloomberg reported that Trump believes Macron is structuring the G7 summit into niche areas in a way to isolate and embarrass him, while raising Macron is raising his political standing at home. U.S. officials claim France has ignored their input on focusing on economic issues to instead focus on climate change and inequality, and then blame the U.S. for blocking consensus. On Friday, CNN reported the new White House press secretary, Stephanie Grissom, has yet to hold a daily press briefing since starting her job on July 1st. It has been 165 days since the last White House press briefing. 165 days. What was one of the things the experts in authoritarian warned us with, uh, expert in authoritarianism warned us about? Disappearing press briefings. And here they are gone. We've had two this year. The last one was in March. So with that, folks, another alarming week and really just crazy kind of stuff. And Trump's craziness is amplified by Congress being out of session. A lot of people questioning his mental health this week with King of Israel, Chosen One, Hereby Ordering. Pay attention. Stay engaged. Until next week.